This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Galley. Our guest this week is Iowa U.S. Senator Joni Ernst. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. Global sugar subsidies are increasing and a threat to 142,000 sugar industry jobs in the U.S. Learn more about the American Sugar Alliance Zero for Zero Sugar Policy at SugarAlliance.org. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Senator Joni Ernst next. Sugar subsidies in 120 countries are on the rise and threatening 142,000 U.S. jobs. That's why the American Sugar Alliance is pushing for a global subsidy ceasefire. Their goal is a subsidy-free world market that fosters efficiency. And they know that unilateral disarmament of America's no-cost policy without concessions from abroad will only outsource U.S. jobs and reward foreign subsidizers. The plan is called the Zero for Zero Sugar Policy. And you can learn more at SugarAlliance.org. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. After completing your 2017 tour of all 99 Iowa counties, U.S. Senator Joni Ernst says farmers talked about trade, renewable fuel, crop insurance, and the overall farm bill safety net. But the Iowa Republicans said some young farmers suggested they didn't like competing with the Conservation Reserve for acres. Instead of an expanded CRP, as some senators have called for, Ernst believes it may be time to get back to basics with the CRP. I do recognize that every state is different, but what I am hearing in Iowa is that our, our young farmers really do want the opportunity to be able to compete. Right now, the, the government is paying very high rates for CRP land, and it becomes pretty impossible for those young and beginning farmers to tap into that. So um, we will work through whatever differences exist out there. I know that Senator Thune is, is very adamant about that, but I do think there are creative ways of working with our conservation programs um, that would potentially allow for some types of activities on uh, conservation-driven lands, uh, but uh, we, need, we need to hammer those differences out. With regard to the Farm Bill, uh, a budget approved now, a tax bill looming, process has begun in the House. In your conversation with Chairman Roberts, where does markup and approval of the Farm Bill fit in all of the different moving objects inside the Senate now? We do have a lot of, of moving targets right now, and the Farm Bill is still part of that discussion. While it is very important to a lot of us, it, it may not be a top headliner out there in mainstream media, but it is something that Chairman Roberts is working diligently at. So we've already uh, started having those discussions regarding the Farm Bill, and we've had a lot of productive hearings in the Ag Committee, and I do know that uh, we were looking at the end of the year to get that markup done. I think we're going to push that on into early 2018. So I remain optimistic that we'll get this done in short order, but we do have a lot of big pieces of legislation that we need to make sure we're getting done for the American people. The House has started the process of tax reform, and for agriculture, some see this as Pandora's box, some reform that could actually help and others, uh, other changes that could take away some very important deductions and accounting procedures. What do you see as important to keep and that might be important to gain in tax reform for agriculture? Well, I think as we're looking at agriculture, one of the one of the issues that has been brought up multiple times is uh, the elimination of the estate or what we call the death tax. 
And so we do see that in, in our rudimentary scan through of the uh, house tax plan. We do see that that is going away. It is phased out, I think, through 2024. So I think that that is important. I've heard from other folks that don't necessarily see that as an issue, but we have heard from some folks where this is impacting the way they are doing uh, planning for future generations. So that is one thing that, that we were excited to see about. I think uh, doubling the, the standard deduction is really important for those that, that might be smaller fa- uh, farmers, uh, small business owners. Uh, in a state like Iowa, about 7 out of 10 of our individual filers are filing uh, with that standard deduction. So uh, it, I think that that will be important. Um, of course, then, when you are keeping the swap that you can have for real estate and for ag land, I think that that will be really important as well. So we will continue to go through that, and I know that I'm going to continue hearing from our farmers on what will be important uh, in the bill. So uh, what you see on television, what's coming out of the House, it's a beginning. We will continue to work on it in the Senate and then hopefully find that consensus between the House and the Senate. I do think it's important to get tax reform done. With regard to tax reform, the language that I have seen would allow a growth of $1.5 trillion in the nation's debt. And also the president's talking about an infrastructure bill that could cost up to a trillion dollars. Is this Congress prepared to put $2.5 trillion on the nation's debt? Well, it is one thing that we uh, have pushed very hard against is making sure that we are able to balance a budget and making sure that we're not taking on too much debt. In this case, when you are proposing a tax cut, what we hope to see in return is a strengthened economy and one that will grow at a much faster rate than we have seen in the past. Um, during the last administration's time in office, I don't think we ever saw over a well, we never saw over a 3% growth in GDP. And I don't even know that we saw over a 2% growth in GDP. So what we are hoping to achieve is a better than 3% uh, growth in GDP annually. And that will uh, provide us with a greater revenue stream in the outlying years. Um, initially, we as Congress then need to understand that with that debt, um, we will have to watch what we're spending. We will have have to be very judicious about how we are setting our budget. Uh, but again, what we want to make sure is that those folks that are in the middle, those folks that are lower income, get to keep more of their own dollars and they can spend those dollars how they see fit. And we do see that even uh, on the business side, if you're lowering the, the pass-through rate for small businesses, if you're lowering that corporate rate, those businesses will invest in their workers with greater wages and greater employee benefits. So we see this as a win. It will be painful, I think, for you know many of us uh, to support this in the short term, but the long-term benefits are very, very positive for the United States as a whole. You and Senator Heidkamp have introduced a bill that would tweak the Ag Risk Coverage County program. What are the, the mistakes that we saw in the 14 bill that need to be corrected now? 
Well, this does strengthen and improve what we call ARC, um, and it it does help our farmers when those commodity prices fall um, to those damaging levels, but we need to make sure that they are getting accurate payments. And in Iowa, for example, 97% of our farmers' corn acres and, and 98% of those soybean acres are enrolled in the ARC program. But unfortunately, a lot of our farmers have experienced payment discrepancies um, because of the program's reliance on administrative county lines rather than a farm's actual physical location. So the legislation will ensure that the data and the processes used by the FSA to determine payments, making sure that they're not unfairly affected by state or federal boundaries that really have no bearing on a particular farm's yield. So uh, we are excited to be able to present this. We are hoping that it's taken up by the committee, if not part of our uh, farm bill package. So it's it's a good move. We've heard a lot of feedback on this, and we hope that this can correct some of those discrepancies. Given the downfall that we've seen in farm income, even over the life of this previous bill, do you not feel like that probably farmers may be taking a harder look at the PLC uh, in comparison to ARC? Well, it is quite possible that they start turning that direction. Um, we are we are in a, a challenging time right now, and and so it is possible. But that means you know this is still okay. We need to go ahead and make the corrections to ARC as necessary to make sure that if they so choose uh, to keep those acres in ARC, that it is a it's a fair outcome for them. You've also partnered with Ranking Member Stabenow on the Ag Committee and in introducing uh, some help for the Regional Conservation Partnership Program. Can you help that program without spending more money? Well, we feel that by allowing greater flexibility within the program, we're, we're going to see great success. And it doesn't necessarily mean pumping a lot more federal dollars into the program. It's just leveraging what we have in a more efficient manner. So it provides more resources for partners to expand uh, the reach of conservation projects. And it does cut the red tape that's associated with those projects. And hopefully we will be able to increase the flexibility so we're attracting new participants into the program. So, again, it's it's uh, just leveraging uh, what we have. We're making it more efficient. And, again, I think that we can be very, very successful um, and cost-effective if we are encouraging voluntary and proactive conservation. So we are really excited about it. It's been fun working with Debbie on this project and hope that we're able to take it up in the full committee. Senator, with regard to the renewable fuel standard, you and other ag leaders communicated concern to the White House, even had a meeting with EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt. Do you think that Mr. Pruitt was following White House guidance and with a decision pending from the EPA, what do you expect they'll say? Well, uh, we did urge the president not to lower the renewable fuel standard volumes, and we did meet with EPA Administrator Scott Pruitt. And through those discussions, um, of course, the, the president has always remained adamant about his support for biofuels. And through those meetings, uh, we were able to elicit a response from Scott Pruitt that he will uphold the spirit and the letter of the law when it pertains to the RFS and that he would not 
lower the volumes um, of our biofuels. So uh, it, it is exciting to hear that and not only hear it, but have it in black and white. We did ask that they provide it in writing. Um, so I think that the EPA got out a little ahead of where the president wanted them to be. I do know that the president remains committed uh, to those that are working in agriculture and those that are engaged in the RFS and our biofuels. As the plot now thickens on that, yes. Senator Cruz has a hold on Bill Northey's nomination to hold an undersecretary post at the USDA. Now, he's demanding a meeting with the White House and pro-ethanol leaders like yourself. Do you expect, after receiving that written notice from the EPA, that there would be concessions? Well, and I have had a discussion with Senator Cruz as well. So um, I visited with him the other day, and I told him that there is a solution out there. We have got to sit down together and start talking about solutions. What Senator Cruz is demanding is a meeting of all the oil state senators and all of the the senators that are involved, um, primarily those of us in agriculture-driven states that are fully engaged in the RFS, as well as uh, the president and the White House staff. Um, that's great. Uh, that's fine to have a bunch of folks like that in a room uh, talking out differences. But bottom line, the proof is in the pudding. It's coming up with a solution. There is a solution that will work for our oil refiners as well as those producing biofuels. We have to find a way to drop that RIN price, um, which would be great for everybody involved. And one of the ways that we see this could occur is if we are opening up E15 for a year-round purchase um, like we do with other biofuels. And this is something that, uh, that Administrator Pruitt committed to working with us on. So I think we just need to sit down get the subject matter experts together. Um, let's have those talks about how we lower the rent cost. But I think it's odd that um, Mr. Cruz is holding Bill Northey, our Iowa Secretary of Agriculture, who is moving into a spot at the Department of Agriculture that has nothing to do with the RFS. Mr. Northey will be overseeing conservation programs. And so I think the hold is misdirected. It's just payback um, because we were able to get Administrator Pruitt to commit to upholding an existing law. Um, so there, I think it's misguided. I think it's a, a misstep uh, by Mr. Cruz, and I do hope that he realizes this is not the direction we should be going. We should actually be having productive conversations about how to lower the rent price. Senator, sensing administrative and regulatory action that threaten agriculture and rural America with renewable fuels, you, Senator Grassley, and other leaders went straight to the source at the White House. So now global trade and market access also critical to the success of U.S. agriculture. Here's the question. Has the president's position on NAFTA and the chorus hurt the prospects for U.S. exports? And are you prepared to go back to the White House if you see their oh. position as threatening us? 
Of course, I am always ready to go back to the White House. And we actually have had discussions about trade and how important it is for our agricultural communities. Um, so the, the stance in, in, in our discussions with the White House and the administration is that, you know, hey, maybe we can negotiate a, a better deal. And my pushback on that is that's wonderful. If we can, uh, specifically when we're talking about NAFTA, if we can renegotiate Negotiate a better deal. That's wonderful, um, but we should do no harm to agriculture or those existing programs within NAFTA. So we will continue to have those talks with the administration, with the president, making sure he does understand how important it is to come out better on a deal if we can. Otherwise, stop where we're at. Do no harm. Um, so. We continue to have those discussions. Um, one thing I have been kind of pushing um, my my connections in the White House on is, of course, uh, expanding trade, not just our existing trade agreements, but what are we doing about picking up some of the other countries that were perhaps involved in TPP and uh, other programs. So uh, we have to expand our trade. We need growing trade around the world. Uh, to get our products out to those um, those countries that are seeing greater wealth. Um, they want our proteins. They want our grains. And we need to be able to provide that for them. If we're not stepping up as a, a good trade partner to other countries, uh, we know that there are other countries that will fill the gap, um, countries like China. So we do have to work this very hard. The president is pretty adamant about looking at different trade agreements. But again, my stance is do no harm. Do no harm to agriculture. Does the original language that Congress approved for NAFTA allow a sitting president to pull us from the pact, or must there be congressional approval to come away from that deal? Well, I think that is a good question, and I can't give you the answer to that um, off the bat. I know that he is trying to renegotiate it, um, but whether it actually takes a congressional move to uh, pull out of that, um, I don't know. But I can tell you that there, we are split, I think, if you look across the board in the United States on the, the type of, of senators, whether they're rural, whether they're urban, um, what they're industry is, we will all have very, very different opinions. You know, mine as an agricultural state or a rural state is that NAFTA has been very good. Uh, Iowa's corn exports, uh, the number one purchaser is Mexico. So it's really important to us. I talked to Jerry Moran from Kansas about this as well. Uh, Mexico is a great trade partner for them too. Uh, so we just need to make sure that we know the path forward. Should we see there is an indication of uh, the president um, pulling out of that? I, I can't say that he would do that at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's up for discussion, and we need to be engaged heavily with the White House on these issues. Senator Ernst, I want to thank you very much for taking time to spend with us here on this edition of Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and you have an open forum.
Well, I just want to thank you for taking the time and focusing on so many of the issues that are very important to those of us that are from these rural states and and the issues that we're facing in Iowa right now. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the RFS because this has been very, very important to our farmers, those that are engaged in the ag community. And as we have seen a downturn over the past several years in the ag economy, the RFS has really been there and allowed uh, allowed a little bit of buoyancy for our farmers. Um, they know that they are able to sell those grains, and those grains will be in turn turned into a renewable fuel source uh, for people all across the United States of America. The original intent of the RFS was uh, really to move us into a state of energy independence while supporting um, a clean environment by using renewable sources. So I am really excited about the RFS. I remain committed to it. And I know that we have a lot of high-level discussions going on right now, but I I just want to assure all of the listeners that not only in the great state of Iowa with Senator Chuck Grassley, um, myself, uh, those that are coming from Nebraska and Kansas and all of these other wonderful states where we're committed to the RFS, uh, there is strong support for it here in the Senate. So again, I appreciate hearing from folks when it comes to issues regarding their farms, their ranches, uh, what they would like to see in the Farm Bill, and I encourage them to reach out. And I do look forward to seeing them all uh, on my next 99-county tour starting in January of 2018. So thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. And we will just keep pressing on here uh, in our nation's capital Washington, D.C. Our thanks to Iowa U.S. Senator Joni Ernst, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the American Sugar Alliance. Global sugar subsidies are increasing at a threat to 142,000 sugar industry jobs in the U.S. Learn more about the American Sugar Alliance Zero for Zero Sugar Policy at sugaralliance.org. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Daly.